everyone and welcome back to Demon Slayer Chronicles. Well, today we will be diving into Season 2, Episode 2, Infiltrating the Entertainment Arc. My name is Andrew Nimsgard, and today I have Dylan B alongside me to talk about the continuation of the season. It's still just getting started, Dylan, but how are you feeling so far a couple episodes in? I am I am all smiles. Uh, I am all smiles because, dang, it is, I, I know, it's been a while since I sat down with the anime and just, like, laughed uh and i love it i love demon slayer it's just such a funny show yeah i i, I love it too and it just goes we talked about it a little bit in the last episode but they are just so good in mood shifts again like even though there was some funny moments last episode it was still a little bit more of a serious episode the conversation with Goku's father kind of the, almost the shiro about to take the girl and all that kind of stuff it was a little more serious episode and then you go over to this one which is pretty much pure comedy the entire way and just a slower paced episode but it's still just as good as last week. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable how well Demon Slayer does it on top of great animation, which again, you can still tell even when there's no action. So I think I'm going to love talking about this one. And I think this is just continuing to set up for an amazing season. But with that, before we do jump into the very quick recap, if you guys are interested in keeping up to date on everything you're doing, go over to youtube.com slash class one, a where you do a bunch of my hero academic content and obviously booting back up Demon Slayer. Or you follow us on twitter.com slash class1a pod to stay updated to everything we're doing, our random messages, our thoughts, our tweets, all that kind of stuff. So you can do it over there. And if you do enjoy this video, make sure to subscribe, like, leave comments, all that helps other people find it. And it just lets us know what you guys are like in the episodes. If you have your thoughts, we always love hearing from all of you. But with that, let's do a very quick recap. So we just jump right in and talking about the episode. But basically, as the episode kind of descri- uh, name is describes, it is just them learning a little bit more about Uzi and then infiltrating the entertainment district arc. So pretty much it opens up with the three boys and Uzi uh, just talking, trying to get to know each other a little bit better. We learn that he has three different wives, which immediately sets Zenetsu down the wrong path, pretty much setting up a rivalry between them in a lighthearted way, but him not understanding that all three of them can. We learned that he was a previous Shinobi. We learned just very little bit about his background, but still, we don't learn much beyond that he loves to say flashy a lot. And after that, we do see a little bit of a jump to the Entertainment District arc where all three of them are reacting very differently because there's electricity. This is very new to them, seeing that obviously even with the Mugen train, they didn't really know much about this. And this is a very new situation for a lot of them as well. Zenetsu doing himself, I mean, uh, Nosuke doing himself, running around, charging around, yelling at everything. But the most important part that why all three of them are doing this is that they are dressed up as girls because the infiltration plan is going to be putting each of the three of them in a different one of the prostitutes houses, right, Dylan? That's just yep. basically what these are. Um, just wanted to make sure before I said that <laughs> um, to kind of go undercover because his three wives have not been heard from in weeks now. So it is their job to go into the three houses or nearby houses where they're everything kind of get them into. Um, and get as much information you can as you can on the demon in the area and to find his wives. Well, it's not as easy as he thought it would be to pretty much give away three girls to prostitute houses when they're guys and they are not very good looking at all. So it leads to a bunch of whole different unique situations that we're kind of talking about, which each of the three have their own little kind of gimmick of why it's hard for them to get into it. But it's not a very action-packed episode, Dylan. That's pretty much all that happens there. All three of them get placed in houses. They all have their little moment, and then we kind of wrap up the episode. But and we get it... the teaser at the end. I think the the teaser, the setup of the demon at the end is uh, is a little bit important. Um, 
at least where we start seeing some of his wives and kind of like what what their current state is like at oh, least that's being right. trapped. we do get a yeah we do get a cut shot of all three of them kind of being tied up a little bit by this rope like material but it's a slower episode i mean i think we kind of start off early on i mean anything that we learned about zooey earlier on in this episode that really stuck out to you or is it still we just don't know much about this character yet we shinobi three wives flashy I think that's really a, still all we know about him at this point. Is he growing on you at all? Yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of like it. There's like this weird uh, appeal of his character that like he's like this giant ninja essentially. And he walks around and apparently he has like three ninja wives, which is like, I don't know, conceptually it's sick. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I, I'm continuing to love everything about him. I think still not much character development for him. I mean, you kind of have him butting heads with Zenetsu. You kind of have him kind of making them all bow down to him and stuff like that every so often. Like, he, his character's definitely coming through, but it doesn't feel like there's much behind it yet. But obviously, I think as we get closer to his wives, kind of seeing what's happening with them, saving them and things such as that, I think is where we're going to learn more about his character. And that's what I really kind of save my judgment for. Because right now, he is just a plot-moving device rather than a fully fleshed-out character. I will say I really like how he interacts with the with the main three though. Uh, I I think that like dynamic already is set up to be really good. Uh, I what what I think is super interesting about Demon Slayer is whenever they introduce a character, they're able to do like three very quick interactions with with each of our main three characters just to show like their relationships. Mm. They've done this with like almost every character we've been introduced to so far. Uh, like Rengoku had his like own like interactions of like. That literally it's like the first two minutes of of any time with this character it's like a, you know interaction 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 just to see how that dynamic yep. is and they're all like three mini scenes back to back and i i know i i love them like uh talking about both of them being like different gods and he's like i'm the god of the mountain like kind of like recognizing his own godhood was it's it, it just very funny uh i i love how they have those like micro moments with this yeah. era constantly yeah, because you're pretty much always aware of how everyone feels about each other in Demon Slayer. There's never kind of these unknown, like, oh, like, how does Inosuke feel about this random character? Like, no, if they're on the screen, they've probably had an interaction together. You know where they stand, and you could easily identify how someone feels towards every single character in the show, which I don't feel like is very common. I mean, other major shonen, the amount of people in Naruto that I feel like never interacted but showed up constantly throughout the entire season, super high. I think you say that about most anime, but yeah. You're right, especially with the main characters, the main three, and then whatever Hashira they're with pretty much is how it's been this entire time um, is the most uh, prevalent of where you can see this. But even with all the girls at the Butterfly Mansion, he had his own interaction with all of them. They all had feelings mm -hmm. towards each of the different characters, which is incredible. And I think that's what's going to make this even more because I think that'll happen even with the demons too. As all four of these are around, they're all going to have different interactions with the demons in this arc and the kind of entertainment interesting. And it's going to make it even better. And the wives being in there. So they kind of had that dynamic there. Which I'm having a feeling that the three wives might kind of match up the three personalities of the three boys again. So you could have more fun interactions there too. Mm -hmm. So they're just setting up for a lot of great character interactions. So what I actually also noticed about Demon Slayer. I did, this is becoming a little bit of a meta talk. But like I, yeah. I feel like this, this, uh, this episode showcased a lot of meta things that Demon Slayer does. Um that even if it's a, a quote-unquote solo episode where there's not a lot of action happening, there's a lot happening still. Yes. So if you go to a normal shonen, um, My Hero being a really good example for us because we talk about it all the time, you'll have scenes of where like a character will be like kind of thinking and like 
you'll have like silence. There will be moments of silence where they let you just sit with the scene. They don't do that in Demon Slayer. No. It is like it is like constantly like a thing is happening on the screen and it's flashy. It might be comedy. It might be action. There's something on the screen. It's flashing. Characters are saying something. They're yelling something. There's movement. There's constantly something happening on the screen. And not only that, it doesn't linger on scenes either. They like throw you between all these different scenes. It's like, all right, we're in, with the Noscape, whatever's going on in that house. If we're Now we're going to Zenetsu playing, playing some instruments. Now we're whipping all the way to Tanjiro, actually going for some main plot stuff. Like it whips you around and you're constantly seeing stuff. So like yep. it is a slower episode, but like they jam everything in there possible. It's wild because a lot of anime uses like tricks, so to speak to like cut down on how much they have to animate so a lot of this is like you see someone running they'll loop the background or whatever like those those little like animation tricks i feel like it's so hard to do in demon slayer because you're constantly having new stuff on the screen yeah. uh, which i don't know it is like um it is exciting like demon slayer is exciting to every sense like you're like you're constantly hearing something seeing something uh it's i don't know it's super cool uh and it's something i, I definitely noticed in this episode because i was having that same feeling of like Oh, we're not driving the main plot a lot, but like there's there's a lot going on still. Yeah, and I mean, I guess you can't. I mean, we'll talk about it in a second like, how each character interaction, but I guess get them into. I mean, this whole episode was infiltrating the entertainment district arc, and and uh, Zui even kind of said like, "Hey, you're not gonna be able to do much kind of the guys on the outside." So that's why they dressed them up as girls and kind of put them on the inside because that's where they think the demons in one of the houses. So it is still progressing the plot forward. We're talking about this moving slow. We're doing better talk because there's not a ton to really dive into. Everything here is setting up super important things, as you kind of saw even at the end of the episode, is that, oh, his wives are kind of tied up. They're in a bad situation. So clearly he's onto something. So clearly them being in the houses is going to lead to that confrontation. Um, so, again, it is moving the plot forward, even though it doesn't feel like it did much. But mm-hmm. I think we kind of use that chance to talk about. So, obviously, all three did get placed in houses. I think yeah. we kind of go through the interaction of each one and kind of how that went along and I think since Tanjiro went first, we can kind of give away Tanjiro and just kind of his overall experience. And I think well, it's go on. What was Tanjiro's uh his name? Uh what was the name that they chose for him? Oh shit. I should have these by on hand. They're just all horrible names. Yeah, no, I really like it because like um I, I think Inosuke stand out the most because like uh like 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 that uh that part of the name like osuke is like a very masculine thing like uh josuke right like usually you do like a something ske and then it's like a very masculine uh and i think all of these they just basically took their names and just did like a co oh, at the end it's sumiko sumiko uh, yeah inko and zenko yeah really really funny <laughs> stupid name changes but i like tanjiro's because uh when he infiltrated they didn't try to put up this like uh, you know fake facade of like he's able he's going to be able to pass the whole time of being like this beautiful woman or anything and it's just like all right i guess you're not beautiful you could do chores around the house i guess uh well i think they I, were kind of on board with it too until like he was struggling like he made one of the big gimmicks with him is obviously we know tanjiro being very truthful all that he kind of had troubles kind of lying to him when they're trying to get in the door but as soon as they get in and take off the makeup, they see the giant scar. They want to throw him out of the house. Uh, but then they end up saying, no, you just go kind of the homework, uh, the cleaning duty and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I really like that dynamic of just like Tanjiro being the one to like, yeah, he's just around the house forever. So he's going to kind of start unraveling some of those secrets. 
uh, I thought that was super interesting. And also like the interjections of comedy there, the like the part where he like just couldn't lie. Uh, just, just super funny moments interjected in there. Yeah, and again, even with each three of those interactions, they're all different interactions of how they get in the house. I like how they all just placed in the same house. They each get their little five-minute section of going through, being introduction to the house, giving away, and all that kind of stuff. And Inosuke was next, and probably my favorite of the three kind of interactions. Because yeah. they're walking around, they're having issues with both Inosuke and Zenetsu. Um, but at one of the houses, someone actually walks up and asks for Inosuke. And then when they take the game away, happily, whatever. And when they get back to clean up all the makeup and they're all ecstatic because he's more beautiful without the makeup than with the makeup, which is one of the funnest gimmicks because that reveal mm-hmm. in the very first season was one of my favorites. So that being played into again here, absolutely great. That's the net to him freaking out about it too. So it's, just... yeah, I was telling you before we were recording that, like that was a scene that actually made me laugh out loud. Yeah. Uh, like it, ha- it, like, it's just so good. I, I love that gimmick and it's not getting old. It's just not getting old. It's so good. None of the gimmicks in Demon Slayer get old. I think we're only in season two. And that might be why there's going to be more seasons kind of coming up. But I think there's just so many super small gimmicks that they just kind of interchange that none of them get old. This, the swordsmith now in Inosuke, um, there'll be so many more too, but yeah, they do a great job with all the gimmicks. Yeah. And then the, the last character Zanetsu gets in, uh, and of course is like, goes, goes into that. Like, I don't even know what mode you want to call it, but like the, the, the half unconscious, like serious Zanetsu mode and just like ripping on some instruments. Well, and the whole reason is, is I think even, I don't know if it was like the head girl or one of the girls in the house was like, I see promise in this one. This is clearly a girl that wants to get back at the man that gave him away. And going through his head is him just thinking about beating the shit out of Uzi, uh, Uzi pretty much. So I, I do love that. Uh, and again, totally up his alley. He's hated him since kind of the first moment they learned about the three wives. That's their interactions and all that kind of stuff too. So um, I don't like, do you really think he's the ugliest out of the three though? Like they're all being so mean to him about him, how he's so ugly. No, it's got to be okay. So one, I think it might be the hair. I think Zenetsu doesn't have very uh, uh womanly like hair, uh, so that might be it. Uh, but I don't think so. Tanjiro would be the one, right? Yeah, I would agree. Like I love Tanjiro, but like I even have a picture of all three of them in the makeup too. I mean, obviously Inosuke is doing a dumb face, so he kind of looks the dumbest there. But like, come on, Zenetsu. <laughs> come on. But no, again, all three of their interactions are great. Um, I don't think they'll play into them as much kind of going forward. I think they will be a little bit going forward, kind of going off the three of them. But I really think now that we're in, we kind of got the tease hard at the end of the episode. I think we'll start unraveling some of the mystery going forward, which is good. We had mm-hmm. the serious. We had kind of the setup. We had a fun comedy episode, getting everyone kind of introduced, character interactions, setting up the background. And now we're going to start going forward. Because I think this is only... 12 episodes 13 episodes of this kind of arc since we had the uh Mugen train arc beforehand so we don't have a ton of time we're two episodes in already and we need to start unraveling some of the mystery so mm-hmm. and we know demon slayer is that they do amazing animation on the fights so i'm assuming a fight's going to be about half the season uh, is what's going to happen because they do not waste a single frame when it comes to fighting and they go very in depth i mean fuck we fought the spider dude for like three episodes last season yeah that's that's right i forgot so, it was that long yeah so it'll 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 be that'll be coming up soon too so i'm very excited to kind of see where that goes getting the idea of it and obviously 
Um, we didn't get any. Yeah, I don't think we got any other reteases. So I think next episode would be a really big one. Yeah. What what I what I think is going to be interesting is you know there's demons in this area and they're demon slayers. So they're going to have to fight. I'm really interested to see how they tackle that, considering they're just in a very populated, dense city right now. Uh, so I'm really interested because I don't know. I assume oh. that because like the the idea of demon slayers like go like uh, I feel like there's this concurrent theme it's not like a main theme but like the theme of the world is like everything is being um industrialized a little bit and this is like a modernization of society that they'll probably be in cities at some yeah. point and like be in in towns a lot more uh kind of like this this uh this arc so i'm really interested really interested to see how they tackle that yeah, actually, i kind of like, forgot yeah. that like there's only been one other fight kind of in a town i mean that yeah. was one of the very that was first a, ones that, that was a like smaller a, demon yeah. too that was a smaller demon, and I think that was like at like five a.m. Like is how they explain that part away too. Yeah. No, it, no, they they uh they they went to another dimension, right? Of like uh that that demon, they were able to bring them into something. I don't remember that into, well, in, but... into the water, but they're they're yeah, they're yeah. fighting in the streets too. And I guess we had the one in the larger city in season one as well, but that was kind of like in a hidden demon house, anyways, kind of off the map with the arrow dude and the girl that kicked yeah. the balls. Um, so I guess those were two, but like, this is the first time where, yeah, I don't know how you kind of get out of this. Cause obviously the demon kind of had some kind of rope ability. So it doesn't look like he's going to be able to kind of travel between, between dimensions. So it's also, yeah, that's a really good point. Kind of dealing with the demon slayers of the cops being called on them because they have swords when they're running around or yeah. protecting other people. Cause you know, Tanjiro being a main character of a shonen series will be very upset if someone else gets injured around him. Um, and that kind of stuff. So it'll be it'll be new interactions that we haven't seen on top of what I'm sure will be an amazing fight sequence. But anything else from this episode? I mean, I really think that kind of hits a lot of the big things. I think next episode, as we start learning more about the demons, the situation, we'll have a lot more to talk about. But right now, things are set up. Now it's time to get going, I think, is really kind of where yeah. we're sitting. Yeah, I, I, I'm good with this episode. I'm excited for the next one. Yeah. So with that, though, before we do wrap up, as always, you have one very special segment, which will be Taisho Secrets. What do you yep. got for us today, Dylan? So here is a Taisho era secret. So disclaimer, big disclaimer before we go into this. Um, we're going to be talking about prostitution, uh, specifically around this time. So disclaimer, a lot of these women were slaves, sex slaves at that. And all of this is very, very bad. This was the past, though. Um, and a lot of these things were abject, terrible things that went on. We're going to focus more around the meta of this. Uh, we're not glorifying or anything. In addition, all of this info is just me doing really quick surface level research on English websites. So it's not meant to be super hard and fast truths. It's just kind of some interesting things I uncovered that is, uh, you know, kind of related to the episode that we just watched. So with all of that being in mind, let's talk about these courtesans. So uh, courtesans in this area are really interesting because... Uh, this area is based on Yoshiwara, which is in Tokyo. Um, it was set up originally in Edo, which Edo was like pre-Tokyo, if you want to think about it that way. Uh, but essentially, this area was set up because the emperor was like, hey, people really like uh, these, uh, you know, the sex workers. They love them, and they're uh, we can't get rid of them. So instead of outlawing it, why don't we just put it in a special zone? So that way we know what's going on with prostitution in Japan. So they did that, and that is what the entertainment district is. It is literally a district set up specifically for prostitution. Now, the interesting thing here is that these courtesans, there's like different types. Uh, so the ones that we see uh, mostly 
um, are focused kind of on both prostitution and entertainment. So literally they entertain like every aspect of, of folks and it's not folks going up and buying them. Um, it's actually them approaching their own clients. So that's why they kind of approach Zenitsu that way. They're like, oh, hey, what's up? Come over here because they, they, they pick out the clients rather than the reverse. If it's the reverse of a client picking out a sex worker, uh, they're usually like a lower, lower rung prostitute. These are just like straight up, like you go up, it's just a prostitute. Um, the ones that we see here, the courtesans are a lot, uh, a lot, I don't want to say a lot more cultured, but literally they are cultured as in they know how to play instruments, which is why we saw Zenitsu playing that. Mm. They learn a lot of the arts. So that way, uh, when uh, they spend time with someone, like I said, they literally entertain them in every single way. Um, and above that, there is another type that you probably have heard the name of, and that is the geisha. These women that we see are not geisha. Geisha are focused on just the entertainment aspect. Now, they they definitely did have sex with their clients, um, but that was not the focus, and that wasn't like the the uh, obvious thing that was going on. It was like a we were really focused on entertaining, and this is just a little bit of a side thing. Hmm. So that is a quick rundown of all of it, and. Uh, the most interesting part is the highest ranking of these courtesans that we see here. So like we're in the 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 room with Tanjiro and that woman came in. The highest ranking, uh, like her, they don't do prostitution. Uh, they just like hang out and entertain. Um, they are they are literally like they because they are so high ranked, they are literally above that. Uh, there's a lot of other stuff. I would highly recommend just doing some research. It's like super interesting, uh, because there's like more that goes into like how the dynamic is of like buying some of these women like permanently and like uh, how that relates to society and high society and actually like marrying them. There's like crazy stuff that goes on and like weird like uh, like nuances of like when you when you buy one permanently, you don't buy multiple of them because you're like kind of committed to just having like one courtesan to yourself. Like it's it's wild. There's a there's definitely a lot. I would highly recommend uh, doing a little bit more research onto it. Ancient Japan was wild. Yeah. That, I guess, I'm sure that happened everywhere, let's be honest. That's, there's a war doing research around here, but... Um, which of the three do you think would be the most likely to get hired in any of the ways first? Oh, uh... Inosuke. I agree. <laughs> Inosuke, obviously. I, I don't think it would happen, but I would love to see... Just give me a 10-minute segment in one of these episodes of someone actually hiring Inosuke. And having to go there and kind of deal with how to go around all of it, that would make my day. No, I like I, the the scene writes itself, right? Of where like the, the person's like, "Wow, she's so beautiful." Picks a nosuke, and nosuke like is with this person, and they're like, they're like, they're like drinking or eating a bunch of food, and of course, uh, a nosuke is like probably like you know like shoveling it all in his mouth, and the 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 clients are like, "Wow, a, a woman who really knows how to eat or whatever," and is like still like enamored by it. Like the the scene writes itself. And then, you know, yeah, uh, entertain me. Like, tell me a story or something. And then he just goes on talking about King of the Mountain or something like that. Yeah. You can just write all of it. And then eventually he starts to realize it. And he just bursts through the door and runs away. Like, or something kind of like that. Mm -hmm. he, and then he's like, oh, <laughs> she's hard to get, too. Like, you can just literally write the entire scene there. Yes. It, it, it would be great. But All right. I think that's all we have for this week's episode of Demon Slayer Chronicles. Thank you all so much for joining in. We'll be back with episode three in about two weeks. So make sure to tune that in. Otherwise, check out all the other My Hero Academia content we do over on the Class 1A podcast as well. But thank you so much for listening, and see you all next time.